Aloha! Welcome to the Haleo Nakaula podcast. We are based upcountry on the stunning island of Maui. If you have any questions or want to know more about us, you can always check us out at hokmaui.com. We would love to connect with you on social media throughout the week, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Today, our pastor, Daniel Oliveira, teaches about Passover and how it relates to us as Christians. In the book of Exodus, God delivered his people from slavery. They were not only slaves to Pharaoh, but also to the gods of Egypt. The Israelites had to stay in their houses with blood on the doorposts to be set free. Today, we recognize that Christ's blood is our covering. When we take communion, we take it in faith that we are no longer slaves to the gods of this world, but we are sons of the Lord Most High. So we bless this word. You know, along with this song, we were born for this day. You know, and the fact that we are here today and we are alive during this time is just not an accident. Actually, nothing that happened in your life is an accident. Everything was part of preparing you for this day. And I want to bless us with that. Because I know that we have been celebrating the Feast of Passover, Pentecost, Tabernacles for 60 years in this fellowship of churches. But somehow, some day, you know, it's going to happen. You know, it's like the Seder dinner. Why is this night different than all other nights? You know, but at some point, we, we need to keep that expectation, that faith, that anticipation that God will do something. Yeah. And that to me is Passover. Yeah. Passover, it's like God coming down from heaven. He was the first one to touch down. <laughs> he came and he touched down and he came and he rescued his people from Egypt, from bondage. But he did that through a human channel, Moses. And Moses is a prophet, and every messianic prophecy says, and I will give you another prophet like Moses. Because he was the one that came, sent by God, to deliver his people. And I want to connect this with our church here, because this is the house of the prophets. And God is going to use prophets in this day. And that's what I want to do, you know, be more than just a study about Passover. How do we fit into Passover? Does it make sense? How do we fit in with Passover? So I'm going to go through a lot of scriptures. And one thing that I want to do is I don't get distracted with the scriptures. Go read Exodus, the book of Exodus later. You know, maybe even in preparation for the weekend. But we bless this. One thing that to me is important is that when God made a covenant with Abraham, he said, and your people are not going to be here. They're going to have to wait 400 years, and then they're going to take the land. So everything was in God's plan. And Egypt was like a super world power and dynasty after dynasty, they had the Israelites there, the people of Israel, growing and multiplying, but they were slaves. 
And it was only after Passover that they became a people with a covenant with God. Okay? And then we all know the, the story of Moses. Moses was born during a time that the Israelites were multiplying too much. And then the Egyptians decided to do a little birth control. And they would throw the babies in the Nile. And then Moses' mother took him and saved his life because he was a prophet with a destiny. And that's what I want you to think about yourself tonight. You are here because God saved your life for you to be here with a destiny. Okay? I was thinking about that like Moses when he first decided to take care of his people. And then he, had, he ended up killing one of the masters, that was the taskmasters that was beating one of the Israelites. And then God had to say, hey, it's not my time yet. Wait. Let me work with you in the back of the wilderness. And then 40 years later, God appeared to him in the burning bush. Isn't that interesting? Moses was ready. Maybe he was the first one to start crying out to God in the wilderness. Like, I tried by myself. It it didn't work. But God, you need to move. And then the people followed him in crying out to the Lord. And I, I, I say, Lord, let this cry come out of our hearts. So, I'm going to read a few verses here. Exodus 3, 7 and 8. The Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt. I have given heed to their cry because of their taskmasters, for I am aware of their sufferings. So I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, and so on and so forth. Right? Exodus 4.21 The Lord said to Moses, When you go back to Egypt, see that you perform before Pharaoh all the wonders which I have put in your power. First, Moses tried to move without the power. He had to wait to meet the Lord and receive the power. But I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. Again, let's move, jump to Exodus 6. And I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty. Verse 3, 4. But by my name, Lord, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they sojourned. I love this because he's saying, I appear to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as El Shaddai. But by my name, I never appear to them. God here in Passover, he's coming revealing himself in a different way. He's coming as a personal God to his people. 
no longer to be the God of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but to be the God of the people of Israel, chosen among all the nations for that moment. Let's go to chapter eight, verse eighteen and nineteen. So this is where you know Moses is going back and forth, negotiating with Pharaoh. You know, and it's interesting that at, in the beginning. The magicians of Egypt, of Pharaoh, they had the same power than Moses. But at some point, God started putting his arm out. They could not keep up with God anymore. And to me, that's what I'm looking for. (laughs) I'm looking for because we sometimes have a, a, a... wrong way of thinking about idols. Is that okay? Let me read this to you. The magicians tried with their secret arts to bring forth gnats, but they could not. So there were no gnats on man and beast. This is where the the plague of the gnats, they could not repeat. They could not copy it. Then the magicians went to Pharaoh. This is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he did not listen to them as the Lord has said. So to me, what it's important to notice here is that they were not just idols carved that they were worshiping. They were spirits. They were Elohim. They were gods. And God was coming to redeem his people from other other gods. And these other gods were resisting letting his people go. We hear people talking about elemental spirits and principalities and powers. Those are spirits that have control over people. There's like the gods of Egypt, the people in Egypt, the God of Israel, and the people of Israel, but the people of Israel was here in Egypt under those gods. And that's where pretty much we are right now. We are, we are chosen by God, but we are still under spirits that rule this world. So we're not just talking about simple wooden or metal statues that they were worshiping. They were actually, there were spirits ruling over them. Ezekiel 20, verse 7 and 9, it says, I also said to them, cast away every one of you the detestable things that you are drawn to, and do not defile yourselves with the fetishes of Egypt. I, the Lord, am your God. So this is, the people of Israel, they were attracted to the idols, to the gods of Egypt also. They were used, they were raised under that. They were not even aware how much they were drawn to those gods. 
But they defied me and refused to listen to me. They did not cast away the detestable things that they were drawn to, nor did they give up the fetishes of Egypt. So this is later the prophet saying what happened in Egypt. Because what Moses was saying, when you, you get rid of everything, when you search the leaven, get rid of all the idols also. Don't bring with you any of the gods of Egypt. And we know that later, you know, they asked Aaron to make a golden calf to them. Exodus 9, 4. But the Lord will make a distinction between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt, so that nothing will die of all that belongs to the sons of Israel. So this is another interesting part of Passover that I want to appropriate by faith. That in the beginning, God was dealing with the gods of Egypt, and everybody was under the plagues, both Egyptians and Israelites. But at one point, God started making the distinction, and the plagues would only affect the Egyptians. This is huge, right? I mean, this is like millions of people witnessing the power of God so much that at the end, when they, they left Egypt, a lot of people from other nations followed them to Israel, right? Another example, 9.26, Only in the land of Goshen, where the sons of Israel were, there was no hail. So when the hail fell down and destroyed all the crops, the land of Israel was preserved. Exodus 10, 1 to 2, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, that I may perform these signs of mine among them, and that you may tell in the hearing of your son and your grandson how I made a mockery of the Egyptians, and how I performed my signs among them, that you may know that I am the Lord. God was not only delivering his people, he was revealing himself. And he was creating something so strong that thousands of years later, the Jews keep retelling the same story. And that's what has kept them alive. It's just because of this is so deep as a reality of what God did in choosing them from other nations. Exodus 12, 10 to 13. And you shall not leave any of it until morning. This is already talking about the Passover lamb, the sacrifice. But whatever is left of it until morning, you shall burn with fire. Now you shall eat in this manner, with your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will go through the land of Egypt on that night, and I will strike down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. These gods of Egypt here in Hebrew is Elohim. I thought about this in connection with Psalms 82, 
That's exactly when God comes and sits in judgment of all the other gods. And how they were keeping the people in bondage. And then it says, The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This is very important for us with the the resurrection. And the sacrifice of Christ on our behalf. And when we take communion. When we take communion, we are doing the same thing that they did in Passover. They sacrificed the lamb, and they applied the blood on the doorposts. And that, when we take communion, we're saying, I am covered. I'm covered by the blood of Christ. I, I, I do not belong to this world. I belong to the Lord. So Passover is a, always a combination of God moving and our obedience. We participate in the effectiveness of the Passover by exercising our faith slash obedience to the word. Every time, every Passover will come with a change required from us. Every Passover will come with a a, a level of restoration, of finding the word, of restoring the temple, and restoring the worship. And we, we bless that for us this week, this next week. Lord, we're not going to just keep sitting, waiting for you to come and do something. We're also willing to do what you're telling us to do. We're willing to search and get rid of what draws our attention. In Ezekiel was really, I mean, impactful for me. What is it that draws my attention? Because imagine that those sorcerers in Egypt, they would probably do that. And draw the people to worship their gods. Right? It's like, wow, these guys have power. And you can see so many things in this world right now. They go like, wow, look at that. That's so strong. And I say, Lord, during this week, I want to get rid of everything else that draws the attention of my eyes. I'm going to read this just for fun. Because it's so fun. Exodus 12, 21. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go and take for yourselves lambs according to your families, and slay the Passover lamb. You shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip in the blood which is in the basin, and apply some of the blood that's in the basin in the lintel and the two doorposts. And none of you shall go outside the door of his house until morning. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to smite you. And we say, Lord, we have the blood. And we plead the protection and the power of the blood of Christ in our lives. Now, What does this all mean to us today? 
I think that we have a level of fulfillment and we have Christ as the fulfillment of the sacrifice of Passover. But we also know, according to Romans 8, that the whole creation is groaning, is crying under futility. Let me read this, because I, I want to somehow connect this anticipation for Passover with the raising of a company of Moses, a company of prophets, a company of the sons of God that are going to be God's instrument to bring deliverance in this generation. Romans 8, 19, For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. It's interesting that Moses was the first one to try to move in a justice movement for the Israelites. But he was not ready. So God had to remove him, allow him to be in the wilderness for 40 years. And then come. But even when God came, Moses still had that reluctance. I cannot talk. I cannot do this. Send somebody else. And that's one of the things that, one of the lessons of Passover, God will pass over our reluctance. <laughs> he's going to use us no matter what. He's going to choose us. And he's going to make us be what he wants us to be. And we're going to be willing to do it. I bless that for us. For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility. Right? Futility. Galatians talks about guardians and tutors. As long as the heir is a baby, he's under guardians. You have to wait for your maturity to step really into the authority of receiving your inheritance. Not willingly, but because of him who subjected in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. And not only this, but also we ourselves, having the first fruit of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. I think that like Moses was used by God in that Passover in Exodus, God will have to move through a company of prophets also to deliver the revealing of the sons of God, to remove futility from creation. So I bless that for us that we, I don't want to approach this Passover passively. What is God going to do for me? You know, it's like, what can I do? How can I work with the Lord in what he's doing right now? How we 
prophetic community, we as school prophets can step up our game by His grace and moving in the Spirit, being led by the Spirit in a whole new level and bringing judgment to the gods of this age and deliverance to those that are oppressed and in bondage and in slavery. So we, we just cry out, Lord, equip us, prepare us, impart to us what's necessary for us to be what you want us to be in this moment right now. And we bless the Holy Spirit. We bless our times with the Lord, reading the Word, praying, praying in the Spirit, in worship, that we, we let go of all the reluctance, we repent, then we search for the leaven, the leaven of unbelief, the leaven of insecurity, the leaven of reluctance, the leaven of I can't speak, I cannot talk, I don't know how to do this. And we say, Lord, here we are. You know, you created the mouth, you created the eyes, you created the ears, you can use, and none of our limitations is big enough to limit you. And we position ourselves in your presence for in, in faith during this Passover. Amen. 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 We bless this in the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Yes. So we bless this. I know it was not long. But I bless this for us. Lord, we, we come with a fresh anticipation. We come with a fresh anticipation. It doesn't matter if we, we feel like we've been in the back of the wilderness for 40 years. But our heart is still there for, to see you move. And, and now we say, now we're not going to do it without you. You know, we come, you know, what do you have? That's what God asked Moses. What do you have? And he had only staff. And God is asking us today, what do you have? You know, and we have the word. We have the word in our mouths. We have the prophecies. We have the worship. We have the, the family, the relationships. And we, we say, Lord, we use what you have given us. We use what you, you imparted to us to be the answer that you're looking for in this generation. Amen. Let's stand up. Mahalo for listening to this message. If you are led to leave a rating and review, please feel free to do so. May God bless you.